Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Witness Lee. Witness Lee was captured by the Lord Jesus as a young man of 19 in his native China. He consecrated his life to preach the gospel, and later labored side by side with Watchman Nee for parts of three decades, before eventually bringing this ministry to the West in 1962. He spent the next 35 years speaking to Christians in North America and all over the world before going to be with the Lord in 1997. The life study of the Bible is his most significant contribution to the heritage of biblical exposition, and we're delighted to be able to bring you short portions of his spoken ministry today. If you have questions or comments, or would like to find other Christians in your area enjoying this same ministry, just email us, radio at lsm.org. Again, that's radio at lsm.org. Here's today's program. Our life study of Genesis today brings us once again to the pillars for God's house. And here to help us get into this rich matter is Ron Kangas. Ron, it's nice to see you again. I very much enjoy being here on an ongoing basis, especially on these crucial matters concerning God's building. Well, Ron, today another program on the pillars for God's house that we first saw in Genesis 28. And I'm sure for many it may seem somewhat strange that we have devoted so much time, so many broadcasts. It seems like rather an obscure item in the divine revelation. I wonder if you would begin by commenting on this today. Let me comment this way. First, we pay attention to this out of our honor of the Word of God believing that all Scripture is inspired of God and that there are no wasted words. Another point is, this is one of the many, many seeds in the book of Genesis. And a seed is small, but my, what may come out of it. And so we should not despise this seemingly small seed of the pillars because it grows and develops throughout the scriptures until it reaches its consummation in the book of Revelation. And the other thing I would comment on is that the pillars are obviously intrinsically related to God's building. And God's building is the corporate expression of himself in Christ through his chosen, redeemed, regenerated, transformed, glorified, built-up people. Since God's building is the focal point, or at least the goal of his economy, and the pillars are intrinsically related to God's building, it really is a good thing that we pay adequate attention to them. Thank you, Ron. I'm anxious to get to this one. Let's join Witness Lee and our life study from Genesis. Tonight, we still need another message to cover the two pillars. Some of you may wonder why we need to spend so much time on this wonderful matter, the pillars. The reason is that in the first book, Jacob set up the stone which he used as his pillow, a pillar. Then he called that pillar the house of God. As we have pointed out time after time, what is there in Genesis 
is always a seed. And this seed needs all the other books to give it the development. Then in the last book of the Bible, in Revelation, we have the full development, the consummation. In between these two books, we have so many sections in the world concerning the matter of the pillar. Especially these two pillars to the temple of God were mentioned at least six times. We have covered only the first portion, 1 Kings chapter 7, verses 13 through 20. We still have more points to cover tonight. This one thing has been neglected among today's Christians. Today's Christians do not have much concern for God's building. Not much concern for the building of God to accomplish his economy. But the Bible strains at this to the uttermost. Now we have to see the pillar is the signboard of God's building. If we see what is the pillar and we like to be a pillar, then we are on the way in God's building. I wish to uh, impress you with three positive things and two negative things concerning the pillar. Number one, the pillar itself is brass. On the top, on the crown of the pillar, the lily grows. So you have the lily. And then around the cap, you have the pomegranate. This are the three positive things. Brass, lily, and pomegranate. The brass signifies death under judgment. We got to be under judgment to realize that we are good for nothing but death. And we have been crucified. Then upon us, the lily grows. The lily grows in resurrection. Upon the brass. Out of the death, you have the resurrection. Then you have the surrounding pomegranate, which signify the very expression of the rich life. So you can see death, resurrection, and the expression of life. It's quite meaningful. Then what are the two negative things? Now you all can tell me. The network and the chain work. Oh, the intermixed, complicated situation. Crossing this way and also this way. Crossing, crossing, all the time crossing. You know, day by day, we are under the crossing. Uh -huh. You may think you could be away. No, you have the chain to chain you. <laughs> you are not only being crossed, but also chain. The brass, the lily, the pomegranate. In between these three, you have the taker work and the chain work. All these five are just one piece of the pillar. 
Ron, our life study of Genesis actually has taken us to 1 Kings today. And 1 Kings presents a very vivid picture of the details of the pillars that relate to our own experience. Can you say more about how these pictures relate, not just to our own complex and intertwined situations, but to God's building the church? We need to realize what God's goal is. God's goal in his economy is to have a corporate expression of Christ. The Bible uses a number of words to describe this. It's the church, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, the kingdom of God, the new Jerusalem. We believers need to be deeply impressed that we are, at most, individual members of the body of Christ. What God is doing in us through our intermixed and complicated situations to bring us into resurrection that we may bear testimony of the richness of his life is for the building. The pillars indicate something crucial concerning the building. God's goal is the building. We need to open ourselves to the Lord and inquire of him, Lord, is your goal my goal? It may be that as we are endeavoring to gain the Lord in our situations, we may have no vision of God's building. We may wonder what it's all for. It's for the building. It's for God's goal. Paying attention to the pillars which point to God's building is a way of getting a very deep impression that everything the living God is doing in us is to make us part of his eternal building, that is, part of his eternal corporate expression. Ron, thank you for those comments. We're going to rejoin Witness Lee now, and at this point he is describing in quite detail the caps or the capitals, as they're called, at the top of the pillars of God's temple. And this detail is another picture that includes rows of pomegranates set in a wreath of chain work. Here's Witness Lee. Then we go on. 400 pomegranates and the two networks, two rows on each network to cover the two bowls of the two capitals upon the two pillars. <laughs> it doesn't sound like a kind of a understandable thing. <laughs> right? <laughs> Let me say this. Why it doesn't say uh, 300 pomegranates? Why it doesn't say 600, 500? Why it doesn't say 250? But it says 400 pomegranates. There are two rows of pomegranates on each bowl. And every row around the bowl is 100 pomegranates. And two rows on one pillar, 200. And you have two pillars. So all together on the two pillars are 400 pomegranates. 
We know the Lord Jesus said, we bear fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. We have to bear or to express the riches of life 100-fold. Now, here 400. For, we all know this, signifies God creature. For here signifies us, the human creature. The hundredfold expression of the riches of life is on us, the human creature. And this is a testimony because these 400 pomegranates are in two rows and each of the two pillars, it indicates a testimony. We must be strong in this one thing. Amen. The testimony is not just you utter something, telling people that you are a testimony of Jesus. Sometimes we need to do this, but I tell you, we need a testimony of living. We need a testimony of the rich experience of the riches of the life of Christ. Four hundredfold. We need such an expression of the riches of Christ to be our testimony. In the church life, you have problems. In the business office, you have problems. In your home, you have problems. So many problems, even you cannot dream that many. <laughs> if you live by yourself, you just cannot face the problems. But we are lilies among thorns. All kind of thorns. Sorry to say this. The wife is a thorn. The children is a thorn. The boy is a thorn. The girl is a thorn. Son-in-law is a thorn. Daughter-in-law is a thorn. Yeah, there are thorns. Praise the Lord. The more thorn, the better. Why? Because the more thorns, the more expression of his ability. I do not live by my ability. I live by faith in my God. Ron, what a beautiful picture that we have. A testimony of the rich experience of Christ in the midst of all kinds of problems and situations in our human life. Ron, it seems we are always focused on trying to solve these problems or trying to untangle the vines. But God has a much different focus, doesn't he? Much different. Our focus, sorry to say, may be limited to ourselves, what will make our soul happy, what will give us the kind of life on earth that we think is a blessed life. And we don't like problems. That's understandable. We want them solved. That's also understandable. But God has a different view. Maybe God will solve a problem, or maybe he won't solve a problem according to our satisfaction. But whether he does or not is secondary. God's goal is to gain something through the environment through the situation, through the problem, for his building. So eventually, he cannot answer our prayer 
to pluck us out of the very situation we need to be in, that we may experience resurrection for God's building. The more we grow in the divine life, as it's revealed in Genesis and expounded in this life study of Genesis, the more we will take God's view as our view and God's goal as our goal. Ron, in our last broadcast, we had a short lesson in numerology in the Bible. Ed Marks gave us a little background and referred to a book by R.W. Grant, I think an old volume, on interpreting the significance of numbers in the Bible. In this coming section, we're going to once again come across the significance of several numbers associated with the pillars in 1 Kings. Would you give us a very short word again about what we're going to see and how these numbers are significant? Surely, the interpretation is not arbitrary. It's based upon the significance of the numbers themselves in the text and in their consistent meaning throughout the Scripture. We've seen that a hundred is the highest blessing of multiplication of the riches of the divine life, the hundredfold blessing. In the coming segment, we'll hear of the numbers 96 and 4. 96 is composed of 12 times 8. 12, which abounds in the New Jerusalem, is the number of eternal completion. 8, signifying resurrection, denotes the freshness, the newness of resurrection. So it's not a small thing to experience the Lord in such a way that the issue is something eternal and in the newness of resurrection. The number four signifies the creature, and as we'll see, that points to something hidden. Our natural man, our self, our old man, needs to be hidden that Christ in resurrection may be magnified and testified for God's building. Thank you, Ron, for that background. Let's join Witness Lee for the conclusion of today's life study. Out of 100 pomegranates, 96 being exposed to the open air. What does this mean? <laughs> I tell you, this number 96 bothered me for many, many nights. Why? Every rule has 100 pomegranates. Out of a sudden, 96! All were there, but only 96 were toward the air. This word in Hebrew, the word ruach, is the very word for the spirit. R-U-A-C-H, ruach. That means the spirit, the air, the bread, the wind, the uh, real thing, yet not visible. If you have the New American Standard, it gives you such a translation. 96 are exposed, exposed in the text. But in Martin, it says what? Toward the wind. Windward, that means toward the air. Now, what is the significance? Why not 95 exposed and 5 covered? Why 96 and 4? 96 divided by 12. You have what? 8. You have 12 signifying eternity. You have 8 
signifying resurrection. And you have the air signifying the spirit. The expression of the riches of life is eternal in resurrection and in the spirit. This is the very nature and atmosphere of our expression of life. Our expression of the riches of life is eternal. This is not number seven, temporarily, only in this age, but twelve for eternity. And this is also the number eight, the freshness of resurrection. And how about the four covered? Not only so, of the 400 pomegranates, altogether 16, four of each hundred being hidden. I do believe this is a kind of indication or a kind of implication that, well, our expression of the race of life is eternal in resurrection and in the spirit, but our natural being has to be covered. Four signifies our natural being. And four times, that means altogether our natural being has to be what? Covered. Ninety-six means eight times twelve. Toward the open air. This has to be expressed. Eternal, in resurrection, and in the spirit. Surely this has to be expressed. Then how about your natural life? How about your natural being? How about your number four? Cover it. <laughs> we all have to cover this. Run all of these rich details culminating in a testimony related to God's building. Say something further, if you would, about the nature and importance of this testimony in God's plan for his expression. By testimony, we mean not simply a verbal witness. We don't minimize this, especially since this is what we ourselves are engaged in in this broadcast. But a verbal witness must be matched by a life actually by our person becoming a living exhibition of what we are saying. God has a need today for a living testimony in resurrection life regarding his building. Those who become pillars in the divine life for God's building become a testimony of God's heart's desire. They become an expression of God's goal. They, in a very living, organic way, point to what God is endeavoring to do in his economy. The pillars before the temple may be regarded as a signboard of the building. The building is vast, it's immense, it's mysterious. How do we know it? If we would know God's building, we must see the pillars and what they testify. For what the pillars are in particular, the building is as a whole. So to review, 
These pillars, as a testimony of what one has become in Christ in God's economy, are a testimony of Galatians 2:20. Not I, but Christ living in me. The old I has been judged. The new I lives by the faith of the Son of God. These pillars are also a testimony of Christ as resurrection life, in two ways: in the way of the number three, signifying the process of resurrection, and the way of the number eight, signifying the freshness of resurrection. So the pillars become a testimony of God's expression in resurrection life. For his building. Thank you, Ron. I have really enjoyed these messages related to the pillars, and I think that we're all impressed for the fulfillment of God's desire for His house. It's not sufficient for us just to be good Christians anymore. We need to be pillars. We need to become pillars. We need to be pillars in resurrection life for God's building. Yes, indeed. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Whether you're hearing this program via radio, online, or as a podcast, you'll find hundreds of audio studies just like this one by visiting our website, lsmradio.com. We also hope you'll email us with your questions or comments, radio at lsm.org, or call us toll free, one triple eight Life Study. That's 888-543-3788. Thanks for listening.